All right, guys, this is Tom and AJ with the Bros Bullets and Beards podcast, episode 002. Today is Sunday, the 19th of July, 2020, still in the craziest year in recent history. Um, so we're here today. We're going to talk about uh, some topics, uh, see where it goes. Hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. Yeah. Couple lofty goals there, right? Yeah. Talk about stuff. <laughs> or having three digits for our podcast already. I know. Right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, it's a military thing, I think. Maybe. <laughs> it just made sense. Zero one didn't look good. Zero zero one looks better. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so getting into it right away. We were talking about... I, I don't know if there's a real good term for it, but I'm going to call it like corporate socialism and not in a good way. My base idea here, and we'll get expanded on this, and I'm probably going to say horribly the wrong things. And well, I mean, that's the good thing yeah. about America is this is our opinion. And there's, I mean, there's no wrong answer. No one's really taking what we say as gold. So. No, that's why one of the tags on here is philosophy. Mm-hmm. So let's say. Uh, we're 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 taking guesses at things and sharing ideas. Yeah, and, you know maybe maybe we'll have a good idea that can somebody can push forward that's better than us. But you know maybe somebody smarter than us will take this and go. You know that was a really good idea at the start and build it out. But um, the general idea is that America is already socialist. Just that the socialism is for corporations. You know, we're taking taxpayer dollars and giving billions of dollars to giant corporations who are in turn telling us that, well, you guys should have saved for a rainy day. You know, and that's that's kind of what I wanted to get into to start. Um, and kind of talk about our thoughts and opinions, bat this thing around. See where we end up at, man. You're probably going to have more opinions than I am because I'm I may be a little ignorant to the whole thing, but I did just pull up a Wikipedia article uh, when I looked up corporate socialism on the interwebs, um, and it basically comes up with socialism for the rich and capitalism for the poor. Um, that um, yeah, that probably came from Robert Reich. No, nah, this is I, probably, but I'll, I'll read this this little blurb uh, to kind of what it's what it is right here. I think there was another article above it that might have had that name on it. Yeah, so it he says, was a former Fed chairman. Okay. So yeah. it says socialism for the rich and capitalism for the poor is classical political economic argument which states that in in advanced capitalist societies, state policies assure that more resources flow to the rich than to the poor. For example, in the form of transfer payments the term corporate welfare is widely used to describe the bestowal of favorable treatment to particular corporations by the government. The one, one of the most commonly raised forms of criticism are statements to the capitalist political economy towards large corporations allowed to, allows them to privatize profits and socialize losses. The argument has been raised and cited on many occasions. So I think that... Pretty much yeah. covers what you're what you're talking about. Probably same argument used during like the Wall Street bailouts <clears throat> and all that other stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah, and uh, we kind of have a history of doing that, which sucks a lot. Yeah, the government bailing out investors. This is March 2020. Yeah. From Medium. So, bailing out investors. So, one of the things I was talking to you earlier, um, like my big gripe was one of them was Delta because they got a huge PPP loan. Um, and what they did was laid a bunch of people off, got PPP loan, took that PPP loan money to. That's Keanu, everybody playing with a squeak ball. You guys might not hear that in the background noise, but we, we certainly do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so took, what was it like 35 billion I, sure. I want to feel like that was way too much but took that took that loan and then bought their own stock back and the reason they do that is so that they keep that stock price high and they can pay their shareholders dividends so we did that you know we give that taxpayer money to Delta Delta takes that taxpayer money and then turns it around and essentially gives it to their largest shareholders, which are, I'm going to argue that they probably have a rainy day fund. Crippled airline industry to get 25 billion bailout parts of it as loan. Yeah. So at the same time, I would rather see that so the idea to me is that as Americans I don't think big corporations are necessarily what we like to think of as American you know we like to think of small shops on Main Street and whatnot. yeah and I think you know if you're going to take my taxpayer money and give it to somebody that's where I want to see it go That that's my argument what about uh, the idea instead of because um, what about yeah I, don't, I guess for an airline it wouldn't be a good example for like private like donations to the airlines because my thing is is really the government shouldn't be taking my money away from me and then deciding who it goes to you know yeah it, it should be me saying hey you know what I have this extra money you know this this farmer here is having a rough go of it and he needs some extra money to help run his farm. I'm going to help him out because he's an asset to the community. He feeds people, you know, for the agriculture industry and a, yeah. as a whole is a very important organization. So, well, that goes back to that whole thing of, you know, like if you could choose where your tax money went when you paid it, you'd be a lot more comfortable with it, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We, we don't unfortunately get to do that, but no. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I well, guess what do you te- do about technically, that? I think that we could do that, but it would take the, uh, I don't know, let's say silent majority. I know that that's a, a catchphrase or coin term, but if the silent majority would actually say, hey, enough's enough, like, and really put pressure on the representatives 
to say, hey, this reckless spending that we're doing for, I mean, there's so much stuff that get gets money gets spent on and that we don't even know about, you know, and it would take weeks and weeks to, to, you know, fi- filter through everything without having like a, a I'm not doing that a, for accountants. Yeah, I'm not either because really at the end of the day, how much uh, influence can we have? You know, it's unfortunately like we were discussing last time or we were discussing about the, uh, you know, how big companies can lobby the government. Like that's, I don't have, I don't have millions of dollars to spend to try to uh, put my agenda across or, or say, Hey, I think the money would be better spent this way. So it's kind of like the, the answer I feel is smaller government, you know? Yeah. Well, and we'll go into that because my next topic was the stimulus stuff. Okay. Yeah. Because we'll end up there with this yeah. conversation. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm i usually a smaller government fan, too. Like I, there's some things that I want regulation for. So I'm not a full libertarian. Yeah. I don't want you to deregulate everything and whatever. That would, that would just be chaos. Yeah. I... It'd be a worse situation than we are now. Yes, I agree. Um, but yeah, so the uh, that's I guess the general idea is that I would like to find a way where we can get money to people who need it but don't need it, or. And I'm sorry, to the people who need it and not to the people who would probably, like, if we just left them to the wolves, they'd figure it out. Like Delta, you know? I'm sure that they could, and this is horrible, but if Delta as a corporation really wants to survive, they're going to lay off a bunch of people, start selling off assets, well, exactly. all these other things. And, that, and they're really, that's, uh, but, you know, the podcast I was talking about earlier that's one of the things that, that he says is that uh, we basically before the coronavirus and, and I'm not necessarily agreeing or disagreeing with him, but it's just, it's a good point. You know, we were kind of like in this inflated bubble that has had become the economy. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. really sustainable. Um, and then the coronavirus kind of popped it or deflated the bubble now. So what the, the bailouts and these PPP loans and stuff like that did was instead of, uh, you know, businesses that had, did not have a rainy day fund, as you called it earlier, those businesses should have probably failed to begin with or mm-hmm. sh- should were failing. Well, they've been on corporate welfare this whole time anyway. Yes. So instead yeah. of letting those businesses fail or downsize to a point where they could be sustainable, and, and make it through this and then build up from there uh, on the backside of it whenever whenever we get out of this funk. Yeah. Um, or you know what? Maybe the, the something get, better rises from the ashes of it. Yeah. I you agree. Know. So, I, so don't, I don't like flying at all. I'd like to see them all collapse and have something new start. I mean... I, mean I, I enjoy air travel because I don't like taking forever to get somewhere. But, I mean, until we, like, go full Star Trek, <coughs> we can just, uh, you know phase or or whatever the what is it yeah teleport teleport somewhere else yeah. yeah 
I mean, that would be awesome, but it's probably not going to happen in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, so you just need to sometimes have a, have a camper. That way you have somewhere to stay along the way and drag it behind you. Yeah, I know. Um, that's just more money I have to spend. And that's the thing. Like, the, the there was a good, I mean, he made an interesting parallel to the World War II where you know, war bonds and stuff like that, the government asked the American people, the American middle class, to basically fund the war. Yeah. Right after the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. So even even after a Great Depression, Americans had more in savings, less debt, you know, they were more fiscally responsible. Where now it's like everybody's living way outside their means, whether it's because they're trying to keep up with the Joneses or if that's just like the popular you know, thing, you know, is to live outside your means instead of saying, Hey, I need to have, you know, a couple months bills and everything saved up in case something happens. Yeah. But that's not the way Americans think now. The Americans think very, uh, instant gratification. I mean, and I'm the same way. Like I, if I want to go buy something, it's like, I want to go buy it and have it. I don't want to have to wait weeks or months to get it. Oh, can I put this on credit? Sweet. Ex- exactly. Yeah. But, and really that's a bad that's a bad model. Yeah. You know? I mean, the country has an absorbent amount of, you know, national debt. Well, that's what the American economy runs on is debt. Yeah. which It's, it's a it giant should. debt monster. And, and that's yeah. part, of the, the, uh, part of the problem um, is that, you know, we've had super low interest rates, which is, I mean, good. Especially right now. Yeah, it's good. I'm not going to argue about a 0% interest rate right now when maybe aren't working for a couple of weeks, you know? Yeah, I know. So, But but does that help the economy? Um, so the I think the idea behind doing that is that it gets consumers to spend money that they wouldn't spend in that situation. But I think what ends up happening is you have people who shouldn't be spending in that situation spending. Yeah. Because the people who wouldn't be spending in that situation probably wouldn't buy even if it's a 0% interest. So I don't think that's going to help no matter how you cut it. Um, Because, yeah, you're giving opportunity to people who shouldn't be buying these things versus... What you're intending to do is get the people who wouldn't be buying those things. So if you're going to buy it and you're getting 0% interest on it, it's and you're those persons who wouldn't be buying it anyways, it's because you're just going to take two payments on that instead of one. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what <clears throat> That's what they want people to do. But it's not what people are doing. Yeah, because people are being physically irresponsible and, and doing things that they, they're they living outside their means. Yeah, yeah. So. And, I, and I, believe me, I'm the last person to really talk because I'm not the most fiscally responsible person. But it's oh, just, yeah. you know, we need to do something about the economy. You know? Yeah. And, and more bailouts and just printing money. Well, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I have a solution to fix the consumerist-based economy that we run on right yeah. now. But well, I mean, capitalism is capitalism. Yeah. So I mean, 
the the idea of I don't know. I think to, I like to think of capitalism as like a steam locomotive. You know, and somebody's got to be running around that thing adjusting valves all the time. Yeah. And when you do it right, it works really good and it'll work for everybody. But socialism, on the other hand, does not work for everybody. No, because you're closing off valves that you need, you know? Yeah. You're going to grind the machine to a stop. It may take, it may not take a long time, but it'll happen. Yeah. So, it's not... I think that there's a lot of good ideas and like kindness and empathy with socialism. Like you want to do the thing, but it goes back to, I have no problem with personal uh, charity saying, I, I have more than I need. Let me help you out. But I shouldn't be forced to take what I've earned and, you know, work for and be made to give that away to someone who is not you know putting forth the effort to make themselves successful well yeah and i'm okay with that up to a point because you have so greed is natural yes it's well greed greed and corruption is the is the enemy of socialism that's why socialism won't work it's the human condition yeah and so that's yeah, you can't really, like, be like, well, you know, I expect everyone to volunteer their money. Because, sir, obviously some people just won't. But why should they? That's what I'm saying. Is why should Because I... there needs to come a point where you're not taking advantage of the system in order to profit off of it. And that's kind of where the tricky part comes in. We're like, well, how do we make sure that Jeff Bezos actually pays his taxes? Yeah. I don't, I don't have a good solution to it. I know... That's way, way outside my purview, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I know so. VAT's been tossed around a lot. Like, we're one of the only countries in the world that doesn't do VAT. What's VAT? Value-added tax. I'm not 100% sure how that works. I know it's been tossed around as an idea. I mean, we have a lot of taxes. You're doing the opposite of clicking again. So, we, we have a lot of taxes yeah. in America. That, And that's part of the reason why I think that there's not more personal, uh, you know, giving of people's money is because we're already losing 40% of what we make to begin with to the government. And now, if, you know this election goes one way or the other, it could be up to 50 to 60% of what we're making with all the uh, proposed taxings that Joe Biden wants to do. You know, so at that point, if someone's taking 60% of your money or 60% of a business's money, you no longer own that business. The government owns it. Yeah, yeah. So, and... But we... There ought to be a way where you can come up with a good tax plan that doesn't take 60% of a lot of people's money. And I think the problem is no matter what they come up with as a tax plan, the people that don't want to pay their taxes just aren't going to still. They can just move to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Or they'll, you know, get 
a new tax guy who knows the loopholes. Yeah. I mean, you know, you pay a guy enough money to make sure that you don't lose any of it. That's that's what you're doing. Yeah. So. But, yeah. So until there's a really good plan about that, it's um. Yeah, we just sit here and gripe about it. I guess. I don't know. I I it's, like the idea a, of flat scary, taxes dude, and VAT. I, I, I mean, I think. Really, I think the flat tax would be the most. Because who who said that a couple years ago when they're running for president? You're talking about Gary Johnson, man. Was it? Yeah, Gary Johnson was the flat tax man. But I mean, if you think about it, you know, people bitch and complain about the illegal illegal immigrants in the country, criminals that do all cash stuff. If you had a flat tax on everything. Which, Mm -hmm. I mean, would suck. But, I mean, in Arizona, we already have sales tax and everything. So, if we just had a flat tax, even if it was maybe like a 2% tax. Yeah. So, instead of 8.412%, it's, you know, 10.412%, you know, of your your money. But that's in everything. You know. Yeah. Well, if it's on everything, the number can go down. Yeah, I'm, That's I, I, I'm just arbitrarily saying 2% yeah. because it's a small percentage. Um, well, and that's actually how you get that quote-unquote fair share out of people, Well, because right? it's just everything. I mean, everything you do is taxed. Mm-hmm. You could get rid of income tax. Mm-hmm. You could probably get rid of property taxes. You, I mean, there's a lot of... You could probably get rid of sales tax. You know, we just get rid of... Well, I mean, because sales well, tax... Well, no, is the flat tax is basically like a sales tax yeah. on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. But because how many, like then everybody pays taxes, mm-hmm. kids buying a pack of gum at the store, a criminal going and buying a car, you know, whatever, they're still paying taxes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the flat, it's a flat sales tax model. I think is what yeah. you're talking about. But yeah, I'm actually right. And if you, and when you're doing that and you're doing it right, then when somebody buys a twenty million dollar yacht, yep, they're paying their share. Yeah, because you know what, you can afford that twenty million dollar yacht. You can afford the taxes on it. Yeah, I mean, and because then it's all it's all relative that everybody's yeah. getting taxed the same. But if if I can't if I buy a, a ten thousand dollar vehicle because that's what I can afford, then I have that tax. But if I can afford a twenty million dollar yacht. You're still putting that money into the system. You're not buying your your way out of paying those taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's the best thing is there's no there's no way out of paying your taxes. Yeah, because, no, it sounds yeah, horrible. Because, 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 well, well, I mean, there are how many people do we see in the news all the time for tax evasion and shit like that? Yeah, you uh, know, everybody, and because really, I mean. If you can find a way out of paying taxes, to like legally, if you can find a loophole, who's not going to use that? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? I think everybody. would. Anybody with a brain that says, oh, shit. Dude, we Here's do this loophole right here. I don't have to pay this tax. Yeah, of course I'm going to take it. Dude, okay, so think about it this way. Like, you're a homeowner, right? You're going to write your home off on your taxes? Mm-hmm. That's it. You're already taking advantage of a loophole. That actually other people can't take advantage of. 
Yeah, because I'm a homeowner. Yeah. So, but but I shouldn't be demonized because of that. No, no. You know, because that's, that's, what, that's what happens is, oh, this guy didn't have to pay taxes on this because he did this, this, and this. It's like, well, don't take that up with him. Take it up with the people that write the tax code. Exactly. You know, you know it's, not, it's not his fault that he's taking advantage of something that's clearly written down in the code. You know, Isn't that he's one just, of the things that Trump he, said? He's like, oh, yeah, if there's a loophole in it, I'm going to use it. Yeah, but people chastise him for it because they think he's a crook. It's like, no, that's just smart Dude, business. Everybody does it. Yeah, that's, I mean, if, if that, that's like me saying, here's every, you get a 10 mile race, you get a 10 mile race, you get a 10 mile race. Within that 10 mile race, if you look through all this stuff, you might find some shortcuts. And you're going to get, I don't know, a fucking prize at the end just to incentivize trying to find something. Yeah. You do that with it's 100 people? Jeff Bezos bought a chainsaw and went straight from end to end. I don't know enough about <laughs> Jeff Bezos to, to really talk about it's, it. Yeah. Educate. I, I know. I know. It's, it's who everybody rails against about not paying any taxes. I mean, the dude's a freaking trillionaire. Yeah, of course. That dude's got more money than Jesus. Maybe not because Jesus, you know, is a completely different subject. But it's... Well, yeah, and... You know, Jesus doesn't need money. So talking about the guy who flipped tables, you know, what the loan collectors in the, in the temple. Oh yeah. Anyways, it's been a while since I read a Bible, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, back to, it's, I had to go deep when I was a teenager, man. Yeah. Um, so it, I, the flat tax thing I think would be a smart move. But again, I don't, it's just, but then the IRS is out of business okay. or it would have to be repurposed to handle the, the flat tax. Dude, do you know how much money goes into lobbying to continue our current tax system? Probably a bunch because it makes yeah. people money. Yeah. H&R Block and all those pay huge, I think in the millions of dollars in lobbying in order to keep the fact that you have to file a return. Yeah. You don't have to file a return. The IRS has all that information. Yeah. They could do your taxes, give you a refund. They could do your taxes so well that you don't need a refund. But there's a whole system built on this economy of tax refunds. Yeah. Another government system. Yeah. More corporate less, welfare. Less government. Yeah. Equals better for the middle class. Well, what are we going to do with all those H&R Block accountants? They can still be accountants. Yeah. They can go into money management because people are going to have more money in their pocket. Right. So. I might not actually need, I might need somebody to manage my investments. Exactly. Yeah. Where you'd probably make more money than working at H&R Block anyways. Yes. I'm not saying that's an answer though because we're going to get the, well, they should just pick something different to do. Yeah. Well, I mean. That's with anything, you know? Yeah. Look at look at the gyms right now. What are the people that are working at gyms doing right now? Uh, They're in. Probably driving for Uber because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. That's a whole other thing to shut down BS. Well, okay, so that's actually next on my list anyways. Okay. Is the shutdown and the stimulus and since we're talking about handing out money to people. Yeah. Um... So there's probably another round of like COVID stimulus checks coming. 
You think so? Yeah. yeah. I haven't really kept up on the news of it. so I know it's been hindered, but I think there's a lot of pressure to release one. And I have a... It'll probably get released closer to November. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I think there's there's reason for timing it that way, right? You know, everybody wants to remember something good happened right before Election Day. We're Americans. We have short memories. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. We're f- cold fish in a bowl, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, that being said, you know, in a, probably another round of like PPP and things like that. So, we talked a little bit, getting warmed up starting this about the COVID stimulus and um, not letting the federal government distribute it, but instead making that a line of funding available to states so that states could manage their COVID stimulus and put it in the right places. You know, so here in Arizona, while we've got gyms and bars shut down, well, let's make that federal line of funding open. Arizona can give it to residents who are out of work, put more money into unemployment, whatever, things like that, so that you can make sure that the people who need that money to keep going are getting it. And if the states do it, they're at a much smaller level, you know. You're 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 taking the helicopter from 30,000 feet to 10,000 feet. So, let's distribute that money there rather than at 30,000 feet. I disagree with you on the unemployment thing. Because I think that the unemployment situation right now where people are getting this enhanced unemployment, which I think ended this month, mm-hmm. um, they're not wanting to go back to work because they're getting paid more money than they would if they go to work. So it, go, it goes back to that the, the tax loop thing. Of yeah. course, if, I, if I'm getting paid more money to fucking sit at home and Netflix and chill... Why would I want to go back to work? Yeah, I know. So it's But like, I, I think I don't think that's necessarily gonna be a prevailing factor. I think that I, I have a little bit of faith in people that people would rather work I don't. than collect unemployment. <clears throat> I think that if if the government said, Hey, if you've been affected by COVID, we'll give you unemployment for the next year. At this rate, no one on unemployment would go out and search for a job because they're comfortable. They're getting something for nothing. Actually, what I would hope you would do is wait and take the job that you want rather than the job that you have to take. And maybe, that, that's and my maybe, hope for And maybe humanity, 10% of the people would do that, would take advantage of the fact that, hey... I would hope it'd be the opposite way. I, I, I do too, but... Call me cynical, I guess. Yeah. You know, I think that people take the, the path of least resistance. Well, that's, um, uh, so that's Andrew Yang's monthly check thing too, right? Are there going to be people that just sit at home and do nothing? Of course. Absolutely. Are there going to be people who take that money and reinvest it? Yeah. Are there going to be people who use that money to save? Yeah. I think you're going to end up with a lot more people doing good things with the money than bad. Well, I don't, think that, I don't think that people are going to do bad things with the money, but I think that people are going to say, I don't have to go to work and I get this money. Like, of course. You know, it's, it's, you're, 
not saying that I, I think people are inherently lazy. Well, and I will say it is a pretty good gig because in some cases it's better than having a job because what else are you getting while you're on unemployment? The healthcare too. I didn't realize that, that they were, that they were roping that into that. I don't think that's roped into that. I, uh, I actually think you can apply for that as soon as you're unemployed. Like I'd have access. to check. Yeah. I'd have to check. I might be wrong on that. Yeah. But I, th- I think if you're not working, you know, so your, your employer is going to lay you off. You're going to have so many days of COBRA, I think is what they call it, benefit. Mm-hmm. And then... Cobra? Yeah, Cobra. Like the snake. Yeah. I don't... <clears throat> it's been a long time since I switched jobs and had People the are going to be over here to... hailing Hydra pretty soon. I know. But, yeah, it's been a long time since I've switched jobs. It's been a few years. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, there's an interim coverage. And then... I believe that the next thing you can do... Is apply for that state healthcare. Gotcha. So there's there's probably some other steps in there that I'm not sure of, but I, I think that falls in line. So now, if you're on both of those, that's a lot better than working at vast majority of jobs. Yeah, would call that a problem too. <laughs> that you can go work somewhere sixty hours a week and. If you get COVID, you're going to get a $45,000 bill at home. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, that's why, I, long story, that's why I think the states are better at handling these things. I don't know, man. I mean, there's going to be certain states that screw it up. Yeah, California, big time. Yeah, they'd spend it on something stupid. Yeah. I would say the whole West Coast, California, Oregon, Washington. I have a little more faith in Washington. Eh, maybe. I think they're far enough north, they get some bad weather every once in a while. Somebody up there might be smart enough to live through it. Yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> I just, uh, man, the just the, the state... I think that people need to get back to a, a place where they live within their means and like I wouldn't say downsize necessarily because I mean if you if you go out and work and you're busting your ass you deserve to have what you want you deserve to have nice things and a big house and all that stuff but I just don't I don't think that it should be on the government to tell me where that where my money's going to go the, the whole socialism aspect. Obviously, with taxes, they, they take the money whether I like it or not. Yeah. But, you know. It's, it's just when they go to give it back out, I just, I want someone else to manage it rather than the federal government. So, another thing that drives me insane is you, I don't know if you saw it, but in, in my circle, there was the whole... Well, okay, so who received the PPP? It wasn't, maybe it was something like that. Anyways, there's a list that the Treasury didn't want to give out of who received benefits, grants, loans. Mm -hmm. Well, when the list was finally gotten out, like, 
most of it were people in Congress. Yeah, who have like their own businesses or yeah. consulting or agencies their and stuff like that. Wife's business or yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but I, I don't think that be if if you're a congressman and your wife has a business and she like legitimately needs it, why is that a bad thing? I mean, my dad got a PPP loan. He has a small business, and it legitimately is going to help him out because they have been affected by COVID. Yeah, and they've been able to keep everybody working. And that business is helping support multiple other families. So just because if I was a senator and my dad's company got that, why would it be ridiculed when it was actually, you know, something that he needed to survive? Yeah, depending on the size of those companies, I can agree with that. Well, I mean, anything less than 500 employees is a small business. Yeah. 500 employees is a lot of fucking people. Yeah. So I think they should look at the classification of small business a little closer to to do that, you know. That's probably a good point. Or to try to break down into different categories small business. And I just did air quotes. But, you know, to, to say, hey, you know, 1 to 10 employees, 10 to 50, you know, 50 to 100 yeah. 100 to 300, 300 to 500, you know, something like that where they can break it down to say, hey, you know, because anything 500, I can't even fucking comprehend having 500 employees. No. I don't want to be I would think that, that most people. businesses have, I mean, fuck, the target here probably has less than 500 employees. Yeah. They might consider all target employees as employees depending upon like what their business title is yeah you know well uh, and that's a different thing altogether you know does the you know jack in the box franchisee what does he qualify as i would consider that a small business because he's a <laughs> franchisee so it's not like Jack in the box corporate is the one who's doing everything there. Like he's responsible for that building mm -hmm. and, and, and the business, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, just a, where do we draw that line? There, there needs to be a line drawn though. There does. Yeah. I think that, I think that we need to do better. And I think that there's a lot of, uh, scrutiny on Trump that is, well, okay, so if you're Trump, man, having the states hound out the money is a fantastic idea. Now none of the blame for screwing it up comes back on you. Oh, they'd, he'd still get the blame. Because that's, that's right now, that's the American oh, narrative. Well, is that I mean, Trump's being blamed for all this shit. Well, yeah, because he doesn't want to do it. It's not even that. It's, <laughs> it's, it, he wasn't the one that created the problem. You know, these problems have existed for decades. Yeah. So it's not like Trump's all of a sudden gotten into office three years and has just created all these problems. No, these problems are just massively exposed because of the world situation. Yes, and I, th I think that it's unfair. I think it's really unfair to blame the president for anything. He's just one dude. Yeah. You have, It doesn't matter because nobody's going to like him no matter who, the, who it is. Exactly. That's the point. Is that be, just because you don't like the, who the president is, if you're a senator or a representative... You have an obligation to the American people who elected you to do the work and make a difference. 
yes. not just uphold the status quo that we've been doing for the past five decades. You know, yeah, make, right make, a, make a change, make this country better or get out. Hang it up and leave if you're not willing to make a difference. If you're not willing to work with the other side, and that's that, that's both Democrat and Republicans. Well, if, the funny thing is, is I think we have this idea because of what we've seen in the media that they don't work together. I, I mean, but you know, behind closed doors, they're all friends, anyways. I would say that maybe some of them are. I think that some of them genuinely hate each other. Yeah, just I because, think just because of, of ideologies and the way that they present themselves very unprofessionally. Yeah, I think there's a little of that, and I think <clears throat> there's a lot of uh, WWE flair in there. <laughs> yeah, probably. But it's it's if you're if you're an elected official, whether it be a mayor, a governor, a state representative, uh, you know, House of Representatives member. Or at your local level. You have an obligation to the American people. This isn't about you getting rich. This isn't about you furthering some fucking bullshit agenda that, that you think is right or wrong. I mean, I guess if, there, if it's, it has a positive impact, you could do that. But this isn't, about, this isn't a pissing contest. No. It's, hey, let's sit down at the table just like you and I are right now. And if say, we don't get along on a lot say, of shit. Yeah. I mean, it, but you're still my friend and I'm still going to invite you over to dinner and we can have a calm conversation 90% of the time. Yeah. You know, but it, it's even if we do have a big, you know, discussion, maybe a little bit of an argument, five minutes later, I'm going to still give you a beer and say, hey, bro, what's good? You know, so of, we should have had a beer. I know we need to start. You got to put your, a cooler in here. Yeah, I need to go get one of those fridges from Home Depot for sure. Um, right there would be a good spot under the TV. Yeah. Do like a little bar area, a little storage bar area. Nobody can see where we're Yeah, I know. Sorry yeah. for the side note, guys. Maybe we'll post pictures or figure out how to post pictures or something. But the point is, is that there's not enough people willing to sit down and have a serious conversation without all the bullshit. Dude. They don't have time to sit down and have a serious conversation. I mean, I guess, man. No, because they're fundraising for their next election. Yeah. Well, that, that, that that's the thing. It's yeah. fucking... If you want them to like sit down and do work, campaign finance reform. I mean, I and think that, I think that they should. I think that they should be able too. to fucking go raise funds because running running for an election is not cheap. You yeah, know? that's that's weird too. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's where we've, it's where, it's what we've been maybe not reduced to, but that's just the way it is. The no, way because other media democracies and every, in the everything world can else. run yeah. fine with these regulations. I hate to say that, you know, like when other countries do it well, you know, but Give you Give me don't, an example. Um, I think France has a cap on campaign spending. Well, don't we don't have a cap on campaign spending? I thought we did. No. No, oh, I thought that there like, was. I thought that there was regulations in place for campaign. Well, spending. okay. So you, as a citizen, you're 
you're capped at donating five thousand six hundred dollars. Well, what yeah. about a corporation? Same thing. What they do instead is have a political action committee, a PAC. Yeah. Dun to dun. Yeah. You can donate unlimited to a PAC. And that's how you donate millions of dollars to an election. That's the loophole. Like Act Blue. Yeah. That's the donation site for Black Lives Matter. Well, like, like when you go to donate to Black I, Lives Matter, it takes you to a separate site called Act Blue. Yeah. And they've literally donated probably, I think I, the, the, it was a shit ton to AOC, Bernie Sanders, uh, Act, Biden. Act Blue is a fundraising platform. It's a Democratic fundraising platform. Yes. Run by the Democrat Party. It was a private corporation. Who is clearly Democrat in the site name Act Blue? Yeah, they're not talking about Blue Man Group. It is, it's yeah. a yeah, it's a private corporation. Yeah, so instead yeah, of they taking, can do whatever they want because that's yeah. But the thing is, is that the the money donated from Black Lives Matter goes to that site directly. Yeah, they're the fundraising platform for it. So you you click donate to Black Lives Matter, it takes you to Act Blue. You donate through Act Blue, Act Blue sends that money to Black Lives Matter. Uh, I think they send it to good old Sleepy Joe. Um They've yeah. they've donated like hundreds of millions of dollars to Joe Biden's campaign. Of course. Who hasn't? But I haven't. Everyone that's donated to Trump's pack has also donated to Biden's pack. You gotta buy both sides. Yeah. Yeah. We're not gonna get on that on this this podcast today. But um <laughs> anyway. I it's it's actually historical. You can look it up and I'm see. Sure, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean there's the same people donated to Obama that donated to Romney. Yeah. It's it's the same. They just it's because they're trying to cover their bases to whoever yeah. gets elected. You got to cover both sides. Yeah, you got to buy your influence both ways. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. So, which whichever way it goes. All right. So what did we agree on? The flat tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got flat tax. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not sure about the socialism thing. It's, I, I would need to do more research on that, like actual see historical data and shit like that. But I'm, I, I, okay. So I just don't think that anybody should be taking money away from someone and giving it to someone that's, I I don't want to say that's not willing to work as hard, but it's not my responsibility to trying to say this without sounding like a fucking complete asshole. Well, yeah, it's not your responsibility to make enough money for both of us. Exactly. It's like the short way you want to put it. Yeah, exactly. It sounds horrible when you put it that way. But it's, you're, you have the same capability to, and, and actually, I mean, you make more money than I do, so it'd be you funding me, but you have the same capability and I have the same capability for greatness. You know, not saying that one of us might not work as hard as the other to get there or be as driven to get there 
And that's the whole thing is that people have to look in the fucking mirror and say, what am I doing to help myself? Am I just looking for a handout or am I looking for a fucking hand up? Yeah. Well, the idea is you want to provide the hand up, but with socialism, that is a handout. Well, that's what we're doing for corporations. You're giving them handouts. And I don't mind, like, okay, small businesses, say it is sub-500, and that, that's a lot of people working for a company. I don't understand how that's a small business. I'm with you there. I think you should probably be, like, less than 100. Yes, would, I would agree with that. Would make way more sense. Yeah. But I'm still way more okay with the money going there than it is to Delta and these other... Well, I agree with you. I think that really the American airline industry probably needs to downsize. Yeah, it needs to be completely rethought. Yeah. Well, and so this is... Because right now in this time, like there's... Airline travel is going to be scarce. And the more planes you have to maintain, the the prices have to be larger. Mm -hmm. The more employees you have to pay... You're basically not getting an, as much revenue as you have been, but still keeping up with all the costs. So, and you know what planes you're not gonna fly? Your brand new ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. So you're gonna jump on a flight right now on an old ass plane. Well, I mean, I can't even tell gonna, you how many planes I've been on that have, I've been like, when was the plane last updated? The 1970s. You mean everything in the Marine Corps? Or yeah, well, and commercial <laughs> too, but it's just. Still got a no smoking light. What is this? Yeah, right. Oh man, dude, I was in one the other day that had an ashtray in the armrest. I was like, what? Yeah, you're like, God, please, please let me make it. Um, But yeah, I I think that there are a lot of industries that probably need to downsize, especially with, and because if we downsize, those people that lose those jobs can be allocated elsewhere. Yeah. They can find other employment that's viable. The idea of capitalism is that those things, you know, grow, collapse, and there's going to be other companies that come and pick those things up. So you're still essentially going to need the same amount of aircraft maintainers. You just have a bunch of different companies that employ them instead of one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, so speaking of airlines and how they do need to get broken up, so since we live in Yuma, it's tiny. Who do we have? Phoenix is the only connecting point now? Dallas. Oh, they Phoenix have direct flights to Dallas. Okay. Well, what else did we used to have? LA, San Diego, Vegas. I think you still we can you can still go there, but it's they don't have you, like to go to Vegas, you would have to go from here to Phoenix yeah, to Vegas. So or, we used to have all these non-connecting flights. Yes. So actually what happens in airline mergers and as these get chewed up the bigger airlines buy more space and then these smaller municipal airports actually get shut down. And we're actually losing jobs by allowing the corporations to get bigger. Yeah. So I'm all for smaller stuff. I don't think that there should be one overreaching world government. You know, this one world government thing that everybody keeps talking about, that's, that's no good at all. Yeah. Small government. That's what America was founded on. Was small government. Giving the power to the people. Because the government should not work for the people. Or the gov- the people should not work for the government. 
the government should work for the people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that, physically, so, people work for the government, but I mean... As an overall. Yeah, government is for the people. Yeah, one of the reasons we have government is to provide for the greater good of people. Yeah. And so we go back to the COVID stimulus and the way we wish we did taxes different and things like that. The, the reason I say like that should be a federal pot that flows to states and you know not just sitting on the states to face all that financial burden is because the system we have set up, that's the only way that it can work right now. Yeah. And that's what's sad. I just still, I don't think that we should be getting another round of stimulus checks. I think that that's going to, that's going to add at least a couple trillion dollars more to our debt. Mm -hmm. And how is that going to benefit us in the long run? You know what I mean? Yeah. Another $1,200 check is not going to benefit us in the long run. It's a bandaid on a bullet wound. Well, yeah. And you think the bullet wound is, you know, so small businesses shut down, people aren't working, people aren't paying rent, things like that. That's why. But the the thing, the answer would be open everything back up. COVID's a virus. You're not going to kill the virus. Because if we could do that, we would never get the flu. You know well, what I'm saying? Okay, so I was thinking about this this morning watching the news. There's all everybody talks about the death rate and the rate that people are infected and the hospitalizations and whatnot. Um, so if you remove all the controls, the problem with this virus isn't necessarily that it's super deadly or anything like that. It's the fact that the R naught, which is how it spreads is so high so you can give it to so many people so fast that you overwhelm the system and so that's all anyone wants to do just don't overwhelm the system how about this so if we can think of a way to open and not overwhelm the hospital system yeah it's called open everything up those that are healthy go about your day because the cdc and the world health organization has already said publicly it's very difficult to transmit for asymptomatic people. Once you and this and this goes fucking for all the time because people are assholes and will drop their sick kids off at daycare because mm-hmm. they don't want to take a day off. They well, will, in they some will, cases you can't. Take I know. A day off. So they they go to work sick mm-hmm. because you can't take a day off. And and maybe that needs to be some reform there about businesses allowing for sick days and especially in a time like this where there's something going around so instead of not having anybody at the office the people that get affected don't come to the office Mm -hmm. because if i don't feel good i don't want to go out fucking spreading shit around and then those that don't feel good wear a mask i shouldn't have to wear a mask because somebody else is not feeling good because i feel fine I don't have a fever. I can still taste and smell things. Don't not fatigued and all the rest of the the symptoms. Okay. Yeah, the list of a million symptoms. Exactly. The testing is flawed. It has like well, and it, a forty percent false positive rate. It There's, doesn't matter when it takes eight days to get it back. Yeah, because and you're either a done with it or b already in the hospital for yeah. Like, and, and all they're using is. I think that the testing needs to just stop. 
It's pointless at this point. All it's all it's doing is giving inflated numbers to feed the fear narrative. Because there there was just an article where a nurse put a COVID test into a into a deal without doing anything, and it came back positive. That it could be the kind of test they're using. Well, that's, well, and that's the problem too. Is none of the tests are like. Oh yeah, this one actually works. It's like no, no, no. Just make a test and send it out. Well, that's, that, and that's what I'm saying is that we're 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 allowing ourselves to be controlled by something that nobody even really fucking knows about. Yeah, you know. But we do know that, that nature, the hospitals that are that nature should from take it. its. I, there, I think the data for the hospitals is a lot of BS. I don't know about that. I I've. I've personally spoken to people who work at hospitals and the numbers that everybody's saying is not realistic numbers. They have like over 50% beds available, ICU beds, like 60% available, ventilators are available. Then why are the hospitals lying? Money. Come on, AJ. Everything's about money. You know, so the more they, the more they pump their numbers up, the more money they're getting. Then you can't attach money into those things. Absolutely. Yeah. I did really good until now dropping an F bomb. But I'll listen back to this and I'll probably have already dropped four of them, but whatever. You can't, the moment that we monetize this, any and all data should have been rendered useless. Yeah, because I know there's all the stories of all the deaths that are getting recorded as COVID. Yeah, I know four personally here in Yuma that people have died and they've been classified as COVID and they didn't even have it. They tested negative, but they still mark them down because what it's like $28,000 they get or something like that to recoup costs. So it's just, well, okay. And and in Yuma, you know, this whole healthcare system is rigged anyways. Yeah, I, it is. Uh, that's a whole nother long conversation. That, that, that would, we would need to do serious research about that first to do that. But I, I, yeah. the healthcare industry in this country is, they, there definitely could be reform there. There's, there's and plenty changes. of potential. Yes. So, but it's just part of helping the economy, you know, that way we can start making our way out of this mess that we've got ourselves into that would alleviate the need for a stimulus check because if everybody opens up jobs are going to be available you know it's just the peep it, you need to cut that enhanced unemployment out completely and people need to get back to work because yeah i guess rather than enhanced unemployment Regular unemployment. Yeah, I mean, okay. if if you're yeah. legitimately still unemployed, get the regular unemployment. But, and I I don't I don't think it's bad to extend it. Nah, I, I'm not saying that people it's, who are it's unemployed just fault. needs to get hey nope you're cut off no more unemployment. Yeah, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that we need to come up with a a, a real solution because these shutdowns they didn't work the first time. There's the argument that we didn't do it long enough or right the first time either. I'm sorry, man. If if we were locked down for more than three months and the COVID didn't go away, the boogeyman didn't go away. It's because we never locked down. But it's not going away. That's the, the thing. only place that really locked down was like New York. Yeah. And look at their numbers. They're great. 
Well, I mean, they're better than Florida right now. Still. Yeah. The point is, is that this is a virus. It's going to take its course no matter what we do. So we might as well peel the freaking Band-Aid off and prepare ourselves. Just like chicken pox. When, when, people get, when kids get chicken pox, what do people do? They get all the other kids around and say, hey, play nobody's with, gonna die play from with Johnny. People, people have died from chicken pox. Yeah, not at a realistic rate. How many kids do you know that are dying from COVID? I have no idea. How many teenage kids are dying from COVID? I don't know. Not that many. I know there's 30-year-olds dying from COVID. Who have diabetes, heart disease, obesity, vitamin D deficient, you know... Those are all underlying factors. Well, okay. most of America is vitamin D deficient. I agree with you. We all need to get out to our public lands and do some work. As long as we have them. Yes. So, AJ and I are a proponent of public lands, for sure. That's one thing we also agree on. But, just it, it boggles my mind, like, shutting the gyms down. Gyms, for one, usually keep up a pretty rigorous sanitization process for their equipment because of things like ringworm and and other things that people can get by touching lots of equipment when they're sweaty yeah okay so and then they ramp up those things they hire more people so that they're going around every 15 minutes to all the machines to do it in case someone forgets to do it after they've done an exercise so what's the point it's the, the people getting sick Aren't the healthy people going to the gym? Yeah. The people that are getting sick are all these idiots going to Walmart, being all up on each other, not wearing a mask. I don't think that they should be wearing a mask to begin with, but it's your choice. Should be. Now Walmart's mandating, as of tomorrow, that all Walmarts in the entire country are mandatory masks. Whether you say that you have an ADA uh, gripe or not, Americans with Disabilities Act thing, they're you're just not allowed to go inside. So, again, then shop online. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but that's the thing people but understand. I I disagree of, with the masks. If it, it's it's just like it's to, it's just like me carrying a gun concealed. Mm-hmm. If someone finds out that I'm carrying a gun concealed, and they say, "Hey, sir, you know, I'd like to ask you to leave the premises. We're not allowing firearms." Okay, I'll leave because. As a business, they have the right to refuse service to anybody. Yes. So that's what people need to understand is you can be against the mask, but don't be a fucking asshole when you're asked to leave. Like these people that are coughing on other people. And we had a guy here in Yuma do that and then got, you know. And the people that think that they're doing it for America, y'all are bothers. Yeah. I definitely think that it's more than a mask. It's that this is not being, being told to wear a mask. Being told what businesses can be open and what businesses can't. This is, a, this is an issue. Because once, once we give the people, governors or whatever, that taste of power that they can tell us what to do. And we just, oh yes, Amasa. We got to comply. Or we're threatened with you know, being arrested or all that stuff. <laughs> she hates taking the dogs out. Um, my wife's outside the window taking the dogs out, and we're just admiring her. Um, that that that's that power is not easily given up. You know, it's just kind of like once once we give a right up, it's not like they're going to give it back to us. 
if they wanted to enact some crazy gun control policy to, to save people from gun violence, and we, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. It gets passed. Do you think that's ever going away? No. Hell no. That's why we... That's why we have the freaking, uh, the, what is it? The, uh, like why we can't get rid of Citizens United. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying that that's yeah. why we still have things in place like the, uh, the weapons bans. The, uh, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, NFA. Oh. You know, that, that, you know why the NFA was created? Was, the Tommy gun, the 1940s or 30s and 40s or 20s. I don't even know. It was right after World War One. Yeah. So they created literally a ban for something that most people couldn't even afford mm-hmm. to get for one. There was very little of them on the street. And then, they, you know, they so made the, the people that had them were criminals. anyway. Exactly. Yeah. That's the way gun control works. We well, we're going to stop the criminals from buying these guns. No, you're not. No, because they're criminals. They'll find a way to get them. Yeah. So that's that's the thing that is... That's the mentality of the government, though, or pe- certain people in the government, is that, oh, I know better. I know better than you, AJ. So this is what I'm going to tell you to do, and you're going to like it. No, but that's the problem. With, that's the attitude. With, but that's with, the, you shouldn't be electing those representatives. I agree with you. But they talk. And, I mean, they, unless you... they they talk a good game, they spend a lot of money to put their message out there, especially now on social media and all this other stuff. There's so many ways to spin, uh, you know, what people put out there. I saw a thing on Instagram the other day. It was um, Donald Trump Jr. He was talking about Biden in these interviews, but then he were like, "Oh yeah, you know, if he says it about his dad, it must be true." It's like all those things were about Joe Biden, not about friggin' his dad. But the person who edited it sure made it look like he was talking about his dad. Mm-hmm. And to the normal person that's just scrolling through, uninformed, just going with the flow. Oh man, I can't believe that dude said that about his dad. Oh yeah, he must be a smuck, you know. So it's just with yeah. What I, do you want? We're, we're at a point where I don't know what the fuck is real anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, that's the hardest like, part about sitting down and talking, going, okay, this is probably going to be screwed up because we're going to find out next week that this whole damn thing was a hoax. Exactly. And that's yeah. that's the crazy thing with the way America is right now is I don't know what's real. Like, I don't know what's on CNN is real. There was an ABC or I think it was an NBC or ABC news contributor who they had this whole series where he got Corona. Yep, that's uh, the CIA listening into my watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> oh, that's that was weird. Um, you know, there was a news contributor. I think it was ABC or NBC. Who it was like a health contributor who supposedly got sick, contracted the coronavirus. He was in a hospital. They did these like daily things on his progress and everything. Turns out he didn't even have coronavirus. But. People Every, sure watched, everybody watching that is like, oh man, this guy's got Corona and da, 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 da. But it's like, what's staged and what's not, you know, just like all the bricks, the pallets of bricks and all these stuff during the, the, the protests. Hey man, people build with bricks. Yeah. Not in the fucking middle of a city. It's not a pallet of bricks just on the corner of the street. 
You know, no, that was my favorite argument. Is like, oh, people build with bricks, really, really. Find yeah. me a brick building. Yeah, I mean, you can't back east. You can. Yeah, but. There's not just a giant pallet of bricks sitting next to a mailbox on the side of a busy street corner. It's not like they just fall off the truck that way. Yeah. Oh, you know? wow. Well, I wonder why somebody left these there. Yeah. It's like, also, it they're also probably, expensive. It, it probably, hell yeah, they are. It probably would have been better if they just like dumped them off the truck so they were in a big pile. Like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe someone went around a corner too fast and there's a bunch of bricks that fall out. I don't know. Yeah. But it, it all goes back to. We each need to open up our eyes and be more educated and question everything. And, yeah, I'm also going to say don't blindly follow anyone. No. I mean, I try to watch as much news as I can, but some some of the stuff on CNN, I just can't. They're so... Dude, I've been watching CNN. It's just COVID numbers. Well, it's just, I, like, even their interviews, like, I can't, like, if you're, like, you and I sitting here, but if these... you're saying something I don't want to hear, I'm not just going to start talking over you and just drowning you out. But all news channels do that. It's uh, true. Yeah. Uh, every time there's multiple boxes on the window, it's They're just all people yelling at each other. Yeah. And, that, and that's the problem. And it's not just red or blue. It's... Oh, red versus blue. That would be so awesome to do with like political stuff. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I have so many, so many people aren't even going to know red versus blue. Oh, like, you, sh- you should YouTube it. Red versus blue. It's a halo thing. It hasn't aged very well. I'll warn you. It hasn't? No. I no. tried a while back. It, no. I hope it's still awesome. I hope somebody finds humor in it, but I don't think it aged as well as we thought it would. Yeah. Um... But it's, you got to quit, and just even me, like I had, I had, I had a discussion with my my cousin, who I I haven't spoken with probably seriously in 15, 20 years, at least, and he's he's definitely a liberal. He lives in California. He's a good dude. I mean, I he's my family. Um, but I posted something on his page, and like there were friends of his who were just hating on stuff and like there's a dude that even went to my page and was like yeah look at this dude he's a fucking but he he made comments on there that classify like basically uh profiled me as like a far left republican or a far right republican you know and i don't i don't really classify myself as a republican or democrat or whatever i'm probably more libertarian than anything but it's just i like to take a look at all the views apply them to what I believe and what I think is right and then make an informed decision. That's why we can sit here and have a conversation and you can say something that I might be like, what the fuck? But then I can think about it and say, well, you know what? Some of that stuff made sense, you know, and that's, that's what we need more of. We need more open-mindedness and not just, you know, either it's, you're either a hardcore liberal or you're like a far right conservative it's like there's there needs to be some middle ground where there's like some crossover so we can get so progress can be made. Well, okay, so this is where I'm going to hopefully try and make a good point. Um, so earlier I gave you the name Robert Wright because it came up in Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So here's where 
I don't want anybody to judge him just because when he was Fed chairman, it was under Obama. Yeah. Because remember, the Fed is technically not government. Okay. Now, that being said, he does a really good job of explaining things. And yeah. That's why I like him. So. That's what I would say. I'm he, telling you. Even that, though he's Fed chairman under Obama, listen, because he explains things very well. Well, and also, like I was talking about, I was telling you the podcast I was listening to, Peter Schiff, Schiff was the, the guest, and he, he really, I mean, does do a good job of explaining, you know, financial uh, situations much better than I can explain. And far better than I can explain. Yeah. I haven't even listened to it yet. But now really, you, you need to consume... As many sources of news as possible, but you also got to realize that each one of these media outlets has an agenda that they're pushing. There, there's a narrative that they want out there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Unfortunately for me, it seems that the left is a lot more willing to uh, manipulate content to make it seem like that's what's happening when you can look at the uncut footage and be like, oh, okay, that's what happened. It's not just, you know, this happening. There was this, 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 and this happened beforehand that led to that. Uh, but, I mean, all news outlets are probably... Yeah. Because you, know, you always get that screen grab or the clickbait or whatever. And that's what I wish that the American news networks would get away from is this sensationalism. Well, and they can all be fooled by whatever. Yeah. So it's just, um, for example, you know, you take that video of Donald Trump Jr., uh, Fox News sees it, and Fox News is going to immediately question it because they're like, hmm, this doesn't seem right. Yeah. Now, if you if that is the narrative that you like to hear, you're more likely to believe it and share it. And so that's why that happens. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like good or bad one way or the other, because the both thing the thing happens both ways. Yeah. So it's just like it's a Yeah, I don't I don't really have a a good explanation for it. It's, it's, it's just, just people weird. need to be less uh, divisive. Yeah, that's really it. it, it if, if we could legitimately come together as like one and you really critis- look out for criticize the Criticize whatever team you think you're on too. Yeah. I mean, there, there's Republicans that do dumb shit. Yeah. I mean, because I'm, I'm probably more on the Republican side. Of things, yeah. But I mean, I, I, I mean, I can criticize myself on stuff, and that's the thing. If you can't look into your, if you can't look into the mirror and honestly, you know, have a, a an opinion about what you're doing, what you're believing, how you act, like you, you gotta, you gotta self evaluate, you know. And it, it's just, I, I will say that I've never had the same political party affiliation on my voter registration for more than a couple of election cycles. To be honest with you, I, I registered as an independent. 
But then I found out that during a primary, you're not always allowed to vote for who you want to vote for because you're not registered Democrat or Republican, which I yeah. think is bullshit. Exactly. So what I do is I... So you have... Register uh, for both? <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So I use my other social security number. Yeah, right. Right. Don't, I don't want to play into the whole election fraud thing. Um, but It's there. I mean, there, there are people that are actively trying to do it. Yeah, of course. Somebody's always trying to do it. But I, I hope that our system works well enough that it won't play a major factor. Yeah. So there's always going to be that factor. You just have to hope that you've built a system robust enough to handle the tampering. It's security in general. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, yeah, so, okay, where was it? Oh, yeah, election years coming up. So what date do I need to be registered to vote by? Roger. Who's running in what primaries? Which primary do I want to vote in? Yeah. And then choose accordingly. Gotcha. So, That's smart. Yeah. Um, so I'll be honest, you know, last presidential election, I was looking at who was going to be on the ballot by the time we came to primary time in Arizona. And then I chose what party based on who was left out of the war of attrition. Yeah. There's nobody left on the Republican side that I liked. So, (laughs) (laughs) but here's the thing. There were a lot of Republicans running that I liked. Yeah. So, Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I think Americans need to just be a little more open and less, really less divisive. I think that we need to, there's a lot of issues that we're facing that if we don't come together, you know, we're going to fail. You know, Abraham Lincoln, I I actually, it's, the situation now is weird because I used to be on my email in the Marine Corps. It was my tagline in my email that, you know, it says, uh, and I'll probably get this wrong, but basically it says that America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter or fail, it will be because we've destroyed ourselves or, or something along those lines. Yeah. And that's absolutely true. Look at all these huge, uh, you know, superpowers throughout history. They're not destroyed from the outside. They're, they're consumed from the inside. Mm-hmm. So it's something like, civil war uprisings. Yeah. It's just, it, yeah. it fucking boggles my mind. Well, and that's why so more important than being team red or blue is just be team America, you know? Yeah. That's, that's the, what matters. Well, yeah. America first. And that's something that the president really is trying to do. I know that there are certain things you disagree with and shady business practices or whatever you think is going on. But I've never seen in my lifetime a president put his efforts into America first this much by trying to, you know, cut out shady deals with China that they've been raking us over the coal for decades, uh, you know, just protecting America, building our military, because a strong military means that we can be successful from an attack from the outside. Because yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, put that past anybody at this point, any of our enemies, to try to come on American soil and do some shady shit. Well, if, if they're not already here. And that, you know, I, I spoke a little bit last time about what people 
outside of America think of America now. You know? And that's kind of one of the things that sucks. I wish there would have just been... There's never been, like, a cohesive, this is how we're going to handle this unifying message. I mean, I definitely... You're talking about the situation now? Um... Yeah, like the last year. Because, I mean, yeah, this last I, year has really shined a huge spotlight on, like, where we have problems in America. Yeah. And and the thing is, is unfortunately, if we don't come together as one, we're not going to learn anything from them. It's no. just going to be more division. You know, it's going to be left versus right. You know what I mean? And it should be, hey, how can we work together to fix this? Because nah. uh, there, there's... There's big black eyes on both sides. Yeah, nobody wants to work together. Yeah. They're, they're both stubborn. You know, there's the party politics of it all rather than... Yeah, and it goes, it goes back there. There shouldn't be... I mean, I, I know that there probably has to be a two-party thing for numbers and the way that, you know... There should be like ten parties. I don't know. I don't it gets know. a little weird, though, then. Because then you end up with presidents that are elected with an 11% majority, which is... Yeah. But at the same time, they don't have the same level of influence that the American system does. So it's... Yeah. I mean, I I understand the need for a two-party system for simplicity and, you know, that way there's a majority and not a majority and and this, that, and the other thing. I get it. But... I just don't think you could split Americans up 50-50. There's too many varying shades of red and blue and yeah, I, I agree green with that. and I agree what's with the Libertarian yellow? I have no idea. Yeah, I think they went. I've yellow. I've not I've really I know nothing about libertarianism. I guess that would be how you say it. Um, or being a libertarian, I just know that <clears throat> through people I've talked to, they kind of tell me like, hey, you sound more like a libertarian than really, you know, dude. Until you get deep into it, and then you go. Some of the stuff I know is a little like weird. borderline anarchy. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm I'm not about that. You know, just that goes into the the stuff that was going on in Portland we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You know, with the 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 secret police as you called it, fucking snatching people off the street. You know, it's fun to call them secret police. Well, of course it is. But the thing is, is if you start saying that, no, I mean, and then people are gonna believe it. Yeah. These are Homeland Security federal agents who yeah, have they're, they're, they're more the than likely done yeah. due diligence in finding out who these people are and why they're taking them. Not just, hey, there's a dude on the street. Let's get him. Like, that's not what they're doing. That might be what people think that they're doing. Well, that's what secret police do. Yeah, but this, this isn't fucking Gestapo over here. It's not? No. This well, is, they're okay, not grabbing so, this dude because, it, it, you know, his political you know beliefs. How do you know? They're grabbing him probably because he broke a law. Are you sure? I would have to look at every person they grab and do an investigation and all that. And I don't have the capability nor the time to do that. Yeah. But more likely than not, it, they're not being random with who they're grabbing. These are no. people that have probably we'll see that. social media, what groups they belong to. You know, what kind of actions they've taken when they're out and about, if they're breaking windows or doing other things or, or just vandalizing or whatever. I don't know what the criteria is, but I find it very hard to believe 
that these group of dudes are rolling around in unmarked vans just picking out people to grab. Oh, it's, no, you're right in it, that it they have be, them picked out. Yeah, because but it the just wouldn't is, be worth the while. Why are they picked out? You got, listen, man, you got snagged off the street, taken in, and then you're not charged with a crime? They're I not. had enough evidence against you to snag you off the street. Okay. There's, there's a good show on TV right now called Border Force USA. It's on Netflix. Uh-huh. It's about uh, the border in Texas. There's a lot of, like, I think Laredo. Uh, um, oh, it's cartel controlled. Yeah. No, I mean, this is American stuff. But there's a lot of cartel activity, and they find a lot of drugs and money and guns and ammo and stuff like that. At the end of the show, they kind of say, hey, this person was questioned, da 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 you know, either maybe they're seeking asylum. So it says, you know, their immigration hearings pending or whatever. I would say on there so far, 99% of the people that are caught smuggling drugs, I'm talking like millions of dollars worth, mm-hmm. are questioned and then let go. They're either deported back to Mexico or their visas revoked or whatever, but they're let go because it's an intelligence gathering operation. You might get snatched, and I have, I have enough information to charge you, but I don't want you. I want a guy further up the ladder. That's how that works. And then, yeah, and, so then and then I let are, you go. What are we after? I don't know. That that that's, that's a whole what's scary, man. You, they're probably after information about where money's coming from, who's funding these things. Who left the pallet of bricks? George Soros. Probably. <laughs> Let's not do that because I don't want to talk about gay frogs. Oh, God. But it's just... But that's the thing. I want to know who left the bricks. Yeah. Like, well, because it, you're literally... The- you're literally antagonizing or contributing to... I mean, the demise of a population. Yeah. Because when you couple frustration, boredom, we're at an hour and a half. Really? Yeah. I feel like we've been in this a while. Yeah. So you, you couple frustration, boredom, and nothing to do, and you're uh, a male, or really a female at this point, ages 13 to 21, and... There's this thing going on where you can go smash some shit and really no consequences are going to be had. Oh, but of course you're going to fucking go do it. And now there's now consequences there is. being had, right? Now there yeah. is. But that's the thing is that people need to realize, and like what I was telling you before, we need to have our own personal accountability. You know what? I can look myself in the mirror and say, hey, you know what, Tom? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to fucking smash some shit. But guess what I'm doing to myself? If you do that, you might get hemmed up. You mm-hmm. might get your ass beat by somebody else because you're destroying their business. You might get arrested and charged with whatever. But me, I can look at myself and say, hey, you know what? This is what I believe in. I accept those those I accept those potential consequences for my actions. But that's me being, you know, and I'm a man, obviously, but that that's me holding myself personally accountable. That I'm going to go do these things because I believe them. But if I get if I get rolled up, I got no one to blame but myself. 
I can't blame anybody because I'm the one out there doing these things. And by doing that, you're putting peaceful protesters that are out there doing the right thing the way that it should be done. You're putting them in danger because then it turns into guerrilla warfare that you got people that go smash these buildings up and then go right back into the crowd with these peaceful protesters just laying in wait. You got people with guns. You got people with weapons that are just intermingling in there. And it's difficult for law enforcement to to separate those people out. Yeah, That's why you have riot control agents and things like that because that disperses the whole group. And hopefully it, it sends a message that, hey, you know, cops don't want this. The government doesn't want this. They don't want this civil unrest. No, nobody wants to. You know, I, you in no, the I think that there control. are people that want this. There are people in, in probably our country that do want this. Because you know how you control the people? You keep them confused. You keep, keep them conflicted. You offer these, you know, Black Lives Matter type things. You know, of course black lives matter. White lives matter. Asian lives matter. Every life matters. And this argument with, well, we're just concerned about the black lives matter right now. No, that's not, that should not be what it is. It should be that we're concerned about everybody's life who is impacted by police brutality. And then instead of having just one group of people you would have everybody saying, hey, there needs to be a change being made here. We're all unified as one. But what happens is when those people get unified, saying, hey, here's police brutality over here that we need to tackle. Oh, wait, there's this, this, and this that we could tackle too. Then people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, these people are getting too strong. They're getting too influ influential. They have too much power. But people don't realize that that is the American way. The people being united have more power than the government. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is that the government doesn't want us united. And I'm not saying all government. There's a fantastic biblical story about that. It's called the Tower of Babel, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Everyone got together to try to build a tower to get to heaven. And so what happened? God smashed them down and made everyone speak different languages. Now you can't communicate to reach your goal. That's some dark shit from the Bible. Yeah, it is. Well, but I mean, because there's only one way to get to heaven, that's through Jesus. So they were trying to take a shortcut. Still, I, I think I, I get this the, is... I mean, I get the point. I think that was uh, Old Testament. Testament. Yeah. yeah, there's some dark shit in there. But, but, but that's the point is that yeah, united, we are fucking unstoppable, literally. Yeah, that goes to like what the power of human communication is. Yeah, but, but when there's this, this false narrative being had, you have people that, that have been affected by racism and things like that. They just want to believe it. They want to believe it. So they're like, they blind themselves from any other conclusion. Because they just, they need to fucking, they need to believe this. They need to go for it. Cause and it's, it's a righteous cause. 
Racism should definitely be eradicated for sure. So, it's, it's, oh, okay, you're good. Okay. Um, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I got a work buzz. Oh, like, gotcha. Oh, um, gotta make sure there's not like something burning down. <laughs> but it's just, there needs to be change, but violence is not the answer. You know, people say all oh, these peaceful protests doesn't solve anything. If you didn't segregate yourselves because that's what's happening they're like literally segregating themselves from the white people and other people when they can say hey you disagree with this come join our cause you know we're welcoming everybody but they're just they're i mean law enforcement in 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 two there are law enforcement officers that think all this stuff's bullshit that want those bad apples gone because it makes them look bad mm-hmm so it's like you're literally isolating yourselves. So you just have this one group of people that are trying to do this huge thing and maybe not the best way because they're frustrated and they think that violence is the only answer. You know, it goes back to my argument of when you think about the civil rights movement, who is more uh, successful in their efforts, Malcolm X or Martin Luther King Jr.? Yeah. I would say Martin Luther King Jr. is more successful because he went about it in a peaceful way. He was not Malcolm X was a very smart man and he was articulate and he was a good speaker. He was very influential, but you know, violence. I'm a Marine. I'm a violent person, but violence isn't always the best recourse. No, you know, but it's it's it's. There, there needs to be a peaceful resolution to this. You know, these, all these protests and people graffitiing, it's, there's no point. You're, you're actually losing people that would support you otherwise when you're doing the graffiti. Because mm-hmm. that, per, that person's business you just graffitied or destroyed and threw a brick through or whatever. They you just could have lost, been a donor. Just, yeah, you just lost their support. With, and like, like we said last time, everybody with the George Floyd thing not one person was saying, nah, that dude deserved it. Nah, don't worry about that guy. Cop's good to go. I'm sure there Ever. was. I, yeah, but I mean, they weren't, they weren't publicly. Yeah. There was no one publicly saying, oh yeah, that, no, that's fine. Everybody, everybody was in agreement and said, yes, this is an issue and it needs to be dealt with. But I mean, it does take, it can't, it's not immediate. That's not how the American justice system works. And unless we're going to amend the Constitution, you know, you have to let the process take place. Does the process always work? No. It doesn't. Because it's relying on people. And people are biased. Yeah, and they're flawed and stuff like that. But I don't think that there would be anybody in this country that is on a jury that's going to say, nah, that cop's good. We're going to let him off. That dude's going down. He's frying. Yeah. I think he should have the death penalty and not like, I'm talking like firing squad death penalty. Well, but, and I, I think the, the, the problem lies on the, uh, the, not the black and white cases, but the gray cases that are real hard to define. Well, my thing is, and like we talked about before, if you make a situation dangerous for the police officer, it's probably not going to end well. 
Because just like for me, if I'm dealing with someone and they make the situation dangerous for me, I'm going to protect myself as I think any human should. I don't think that that goes with, if, if you or anybody, if I make a situation dangerous for somebody else, I expect them to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. And if I end up dead, it's no fault of theirs. That's my fucking fault because I escalated the situation to a point where they needed to protect themselves. What if you, on the other hand, didn't escalate it? And I think that's a whole other problem we have. It, it could be, but I, we... I would say the vast majority of situations where, I mean, if you're speeding and pulled over, the officer's probably not going to be hostile with you, like at the first thing. Now, if you were pulled over and then, you know said, oh, fuck, I don't want to do this, and got in a chase, the next time you get stopped, it's probably going to be escalated because you've just evaded police running around town, making it dangerous for people in the community and the officer. So that's one thing, because you see sometimes where, you know, once the car finally pulls over after it's been being chased, the officers are much more aggravated and aggressive. Yeah. But you have to get that person out of the vehicle because why did they run in the first place? What are they, why are they running? What kind of history do they have? Are they violent? Do they have weapons in the vehicle? Do they have drugs in the vehicle? You know, and it's, it's easy to criticize stuff when we see it because we have time to process it. But when you have a split second to process whether or not to use deadly force and your life is on the line, that's a lot to do. That's a lot to process. And that's why I, I, I continually say that we need more police training so these officers can exercise that decision-making more frequently in real-life situations, but that takes time and money. So you need more officers on the street so you can have part of those officers being training, you know, 20% of the time, and then they're patrolling 80% of the time. But you need more officers to so your cups because, you know, there's lots of calls. You'd still need the same amount of police out there. So you can't say, oh, we're going to train 20% of the time. We're not going to hire anybody, you know, because then training gets interrupted. You can't do it because there's an emergency or whatever. Now, the question is, like, you'd want to get on to the statistics of calls because I'm going to argue the point of taking some of that workload away from police. So now when we go, okay, how many of those were, should have been handled by something else? You go, okay. Give an example. Can you give an example? Um, I think my best example is like those mental health situations. Yeah. You know, if somebody's clearly having like a mental health thing or, um, you know, another one would be like when you call 911 because somebody's having a bad trip. Like on acid or something? Yeah. Okay. Don't let the police show up. But what we should have is those um, those drug counseling centers. Yeah. So that people with addictions can get treated. And there's people specialized in drug counseling that go, oh, this guy's just having a bad trip. Come on. Let's give but, him a hug. But, but can the, ba- the guy on the trip be violent? Could that person go to give them a hug and then they turn violent and stab her? Or him? Yeah, but that's what they're trained for. 
Do they carry guns? No. I'm just, I'm just saying. You like, want to escalate a situation? Somebody's on a bad trip. Bring a gun. Sure. Well, that's what. That's, that's just what I'm saying. Is that these people? One, should you be taking acid in the first place? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Maybe, if you, if I, I would. <laughs> not everyone should take acid. No, I would say the majority of people should not take acid. No, the majority should. Oh my god, AJ. <laughs> This Maybe is not, not. This is not a podcast condoning the use of illicit drugs. No, no. I'm just. There are psychotherapy stuff that there are, like, pure, I don't know, pure forms or I don't even want to say therapeutic grade stuff. Yeah, I, there, I will there say are ways to use hallucinogenics to benefit you mentally. Yes, in a controlled environment. And things like that. Yeah. And, and, and that's well documented. And throughout history, humans have used psychedelics for rituals. And yes. It's, it's part of our human history, and I think it's kind of sad that we got rid of it. I, I agree. Because so. I definitely think that there are, are spiritual type... Oh, we're missing the whole coming to adulthood rituals in a most modern society. Yeah. Don't get me started on that. Yeah. Most people that are 25 right now are in adulthood. Right? But um, we expect them to be. Yeah. And the thing is, a lot of people feel lost because you haven't... You're supposed to have this like transformative experience that makes you an adult. You know? It's getting it, your ass whooped as a kid. <laughs> but that's why so many kids like go away to college and things like this. Because they want to they wanna have this ritual that turns them into an adult. I can see that. Yeah. It, it's the ritualization of adulthood. Military is always taking people. Yeah. That, that's a good getting into adulthood ritual. I still think that there should be mandatory service for the Americas, but yeah, I'm sure that's not a pop. I know that's not a popular opinion because I've, I've stated that before and people, well, Tom, not everybody wants to be in the military. Well, I'm not saying that everybody has to be in the military. No, give but up, we have give up two years of your life. We have fantastic organizations to like serve, USAID. To serve your country. Uh, what is it? AmeriCorps? I think it's like Peace Corps for America. I think so. I had friends of mine do that after school. And like seeing the pictures and their, their social medias and stuff, I'm like, man, I wish I did that before I joined the military. Right? You know? um, USAID is a whole other big thing that yeah. people can go Well, with. I mean, even, there, yeah. even like uh, National Forest Service, like for national parks and stuff. People go work for the National Park Service for two years. One, you get to see a, the beauty of nature. Two, you get some structure and how to, you know, maybe get classes while you're there about how to do your finances and things like that. I think a lot of that stuff is missing. Maybe you, know? you get to go sit in a post for 10 days all by yourself. Yeah. Some people probably ought to do that. Yeah. Talk about some self-reflecting. Yeah. I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> but that's that's actual real thing that forest services officers have to do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to be in that park yep. outpost that's just literally just. But sitting I think there that I think doing stuff like that. Man, this chair is noisy. Um, I think you know self self isolation like that, whether it be in. Uh, 
a professional capacity or doing it for yourself, going camping or something like that. To, to there, it's it, it, just like the goes back to the self, like self reflection. I guess I don't know accepting responsibility for the shit you do. To just evaluate who you are, what you believe in, you know, and really take a look at yourself and not a harsh light, but a, a truthful light. You know what I mean? Yeah. The psychedelics same. are just kind of a way to get there faster. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, I know this. I, I shouldn't go too deep into that. On no, I mean, I, I really think, and I mean, I've, I've listened to some podcasts where they go into it and I'm just like, man, I didn't even know that thing that, that whatever they're talking about existed. And it's like, they've been having an interesting life, but I think what it comes down to is there, there's a lack of personal responsibility in America where it's always oh, it's somebody else's job. They'll get that shopping carts that I see a bunch of like shopping cart theory stuff. I don't, I, I would pull it up, but Oh, you know, the number one thing is that like successful people always tend to walk their shopping carts back. It's it's dude. It that's probably my number one pet peeve with things is it's not the shopping carts attendant's job to go track down all these shopping carts in the parking lot. It's his job to go to the cart corral, take the carts from the cart corral, bring them back inside for the consumer to use. Well, know that we don't have just straight parking lot attendants anymore either. Yeah, exactly. Those are still they're still workers. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing is that it's all, oh, someone else will get it. It's not my job. You know, someone if else you, will get it. And it's just, if you just fucking took the 38 seconds that it took to walk your car or, or, you know, I always look for parking spots by the car corral. Yeah. That way it's, it's easier for me to do. It's right there. But if, I, dude, if I you can't get even, into the weeds of that. You're actually costing yourself money at the grocery store by not walking that back. Yeah, because it takes it has to take another employee time to go do that when they're not stocking shelves or at a register. Yeah. It's the store a, is less efficient because you didn't yeah. walk your cart. When it could just be, you know, and maybe the stores add one freaking cart bin. Dude, Walmart's the to worst the for that. Yeah, because they only have like one in each aisle, which is kind of stupid, I think. But yeah, it's just... It's to me, it's just lazy. And like literally the other day at, at Home Depot, I went there, I parked and there was a dude who just got in his truck, left his cart next to his truck. And it was like in a parking spot, like in the middle of a parking spot. And so I, I got out of my truck, walked around, grabbed the cop shopping cart that he left. And there was another one that was left and brought them and took them to the, the corral. I wasn't using one of the items was getting a bigger one for lumber, but it's just one, you're taking up a parking spot that's closer to the door. So someone's going to want it. And it's just like, literally the, the freaking cart corral is like two spots over two two parking spots over. So to me, it's like, how lazy are you that you can't walk an extra 15 feet to put this in the cart corral and you're okay with just leaving it there for someone else to deal with. I'd like to see the normers correlation on the people that leave carts and the people that 
don't do anything. On, It'll probably be a bell scale. Just like unemployment. Yeah. You know, if you leave your cart, are you the same person that's not going to do I'm pretty sure there's actually like a test that you can take that's like kind of a long, it's, it's not just as simple as leaving your cart, but I think it's things like that, that they're very easy to accomplish, but it's kind of like, oh, someone else is going to take care of it. It's their job. They're getting paid to do it. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it's, you can make it easier on the guy. So it takes him a third of the time because he only has six places to go to in the parking lot except the, instead of the whole parking lot to go through. So personal responsibility, I think, is, is a big part that we've, we've lost in society. You know, between social media, you know, it's really easy to say something on social media when you're not afraid to get punched in the mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're going you're gonna to say something different about me on social media than to my face when I'm here that I can punch you in the mouth for saying something stupid. Not that I advocate for violence, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things that there are actions, consequences. There's a lot less consequence when you're doing something via post than there is when you're face to face with somebody and you got to tell them something that's difficult to say. You yeah. Know? And that's one thing that is just, I, I think that's within the next 10 years, 10, 20 years, I think there's going to be so much, so much less communication like you and I are doing right now because it's just easier to do it over, over the internet. Or via text. Or, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I wonder, like the, the evolution of, the evolution of communication are we are we losing anything or are we gaining anything and i i, I, don't, I don't think we're gaining anything we might be gaining capability and reach but we're losing sincerity and meaning like i guess that's the same thing but the when i'm sitting here across from you right now and we're discussing something you can tell from my my pitch inflection rate my facial expressions my mannerisms the entirety of the conversation. So the likelihood of you taking something I'm saying the wrong way is m much less than the people that are just listening to the podcast on their headphones because they can't see my facial expressions. They can't see my air quotes or my hand movements or just my posture sitting in a chair. So I but might a lot I'm, be taken from the tone of your voice too. Yeah, this is true. So we'll take it one step further when it's just written words, it's even more difficult to to really gauge unless you're like a novelist who is very good with explaining how how they're saying something. You know, I say angrily, you know, with disgust and disdain or whatever, you know, blah blah blah. That's and if one you're thing. a good novelist, you don't use any of those words. No. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing, is that Things can get taken out of context very quickly through social media because you don't have those same social cues that you get when you're talking to someone face to face. Face yeah, to face. Someone transcribe this podcast would be a nightmare. Yes, absolutely. You'd be like these two fuckers argued the whole damn time, but we're not. We're just having a conversation. That's the thing. Is that to we me? We got to say arguing out before we started. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just. 
the thing is, is that if you cannot sit here and have a calm conversation, nothing is going to be fixed. Yeah. That's the point, you know? Well, and I, I, I think every argument that we make centers back on that, you know, even talking about corporate socialism, COVID stimulus, how, how we handle all of these things happens by people sitting down and talking. And the problem is the way that it gets handled right now is assistance with memos. Yeah. You want to make it even worse. Yeah. (laughs) Play the telephone game. Yeah. I think also to, to, it, it has to do with people sitting down and talking, but also sitting down and listening. Yes. And, and actively listening and not just tuning somebody out because they're at a different uh, political, uh, you know, party. Or just because you're waiting to scream. Yeah. I just turned it up a little bit because I'm deaf. Oh, okay. I've been sounding muffled to myself. So. Man, ear pro. Yeah, right. That no, suppressors. Little, uh, we need more suppressors. Yes, suppressors. At least that's one thing <laughs> AJ and I will agree on is all gun stuff. So maybe one of these episodes we'll just talk about guns. Well, so one of our initial ideas doing this was taking guys out to the range and then coming back and yeah, talking. Yeah, talking about stuff. So and I'm sure, you know, since we're going to the range, gun stuff will be involved. Yeah. So that's true. I kind of hope that maybe we can like even set a microphone in a car while we go there. I'm sure huh. we could. It, I, they make cheaper mics that we can set up in the car. And like just bring my computer and set it up. Yeah. So, anyways, ideas for future podcasts. Yep. But all right, guys. I think that we're at an hour and fifty six minutes. It's pretty much the. I mean, last one was an hour fifty three. So, uh, we'll cut it here. Let us know what you think. Uh, comment down below. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google, and obviously our oh, website. Give me a second to. Oh, we, we might not be on Google. Yeah, we're waiting for Google to do their thing. Okay. But um, Spotify yeah. and Apple for sure. Uh, obviously, if you're listening to this, you, you've either found it on our website or you are listening on one of those other mediums. Uh, or but, you're our friends or family. Yeah. Hey, what's true. up, guys? And let us know what you think. Do What kind of changes do we need to make? What kind of topics would you like us to talk about? Um, let us know in the comments. Write a write a uh, a review. Give us a rating. Do what you do. So you keep talking for one more minute. I'm trying to find and see if we're on Google Podcast yet. <laughs> I just didn't want to talk for a second for dead air. Yeah, I thought we ended. Oh, hey. Yeah, we are on Google now. Okay, so Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our website are all available. There's um, a link to Spotify on the website. That'll save you some time. Yep. So that way you can subscribe. That way when we upload a new one, you'll get a notification. To let us, uh, we'll let you know that we're ready to go. So I'm subscribing to my own podcast. <laughs> Yay, we've got at least one Google subscriber now. Yep. So we appreciate your time. Like I said, give us uh, uh, some feedback down in the description. What kind of topics do you want us to talk about? What do you want us to cover more of? Uh, just let you know, us know. The best contact is probably email. And that's info at yes. Yep, And there's also there's a link for that in on our website. So, 
Yep, and then uh, we'll we'll get like a Twitter or something going. I don't know. We'll we'll pick a, a social media medium in which you guys can contact us. I, I don't, think Instagram will be best. Yeah, or if somebody wants to email us and make a suggestion, because I don't. I've got enough social media yeah. to maintain right now. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for thanks for listening in. We love you. We'll talk to you on the next one. Out. <laughs>